So you may just kind of take this kind of stuff for granted, uh, like assuming the pastor's always doing this, but uh, I, do, I do want you to know, friends, uh, that, that I pray for you and for this church every single day. I have a, a constant stream of faces and names who are just kind of running through my head uh, almost nonstop. And, and, and incidentally, uh, for some reason, I assume it's God, some of you just will knock it out of my head. You know, and it's like, there must be some reason you need Jesus. So I just keep thinking about you, which explains why I'm a little bit crazy. Along with the coffee and the Adderall. So for many years... I've uh, been praying for this body of believers, and I've got some sort of practices that I've done, but one of them I've, I've pretty regularly done over the years is this sort of prayer walk or drive thing, um, where, I, where I'll just walk around our buildings, uh, or I'll drive around town, uh, just thinking about and praying for our people. Uh, I imagine uh, before we come here on Sundays, I, I walk around and, and I imagine you filling the seats. I imagine these seats filled with people hearing about Jesus through the word of God. I, I, I think of our classrooms that are filled with, with little ones, with kids who are being taught by people who want to just love on them and tell them about Jesus. I think of, I think of our people in houses, as I'm driving around throughout the week, I think of your houses and, and, our, and our people filling those with families. I think of where you work and, and where we are out in the community, businesses that are just filled with our people, shopping and talking with people, uh, working there, making things happen. Often throughout the week as I'm driving somewhere, I, I think of our people and I, I think of them in those various places. And I imagine and I pray for you to be filled with God's spirit doing God's work every day in as many locations as we have people throughout this entire county. And, and as I think about all that and I take that in, I am in awe of how God works to fill his people with his own character and nature so that they can, they can fill where they play and work and where they live with the goodness of God. Think about what God does through his people. It's really amazing. God is working to fill the earth with his goodness through his people. For 18 years now, I've, I've done my level best to sort of listen closely to God's voice uh, so I would hear clearly his great dreams uh, for this church because it's his church. And it became to, clear to me this week as I was thinking about this passage and studying it and meditating on it and trying to memorize it in the ESV, which is impossible. So it became clear to me as I was doing all that uh, that this passage is what I've been praying for us for all these years. That God would reveal his resurrection power to you and through you. That you would have the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you would know what is the hope to which he's called you. What are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. And especially as Paul is most emphasizing in this passage, that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward you. Friends, do you... Do you know what God 
has done for you? That takes power only God has. Do you know what he wants to do through you? Now we know that takes power God only has because we know ourselves well. When we think about what Paul says here is the, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us in giving us Jesus in whom we have every spiritual blessing we could need for salvation. It is absolutely amazing. We live in this sort of uh, frivolous and, and careless with words kind of culture where, where we just throw around words and they're kind of empty. We abuse them a lot in our, in our world today. But it is truly awesome. And it is absolutely amazing to think about how God's power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power he's using to work through his people, to communicate his goodness and glory to every nook and cranny of the entire earth. That's God's plan. If you can see it, if you've had the, the eyes of your hearts enlightened, it is an amazing, it's a beautiful, it's a triumphant vision for God's people that we see in these, ver in these verses. And friends, as your pastor, this is what I want for you. As a church, this is what we want for you. This is what God wants for you. So Paul picks up this passage today, right where he left off in the first section of 3 through 14 that we've just got done studying, where he has just said in the preceding context, he said that in Christ, believers have every spiritual blessing ever needed for salvation, meaning that if you have Jesus as your Savior, you have everything you need for standing righteous before God in the judgment, no matter what you've done. So he is praying here on the heels of that. He is praying here in our passage for the people of God to experience God's power working through them and in them for the whole world. It's really a mind-blowing and amazing vision. So let's jump in. Verse 15, chapter one. I want you to hear this not just as a, sort of like my prayer or Paul's prayer for you, uh, but I want you to, to hear this today as God's prayer directed to you and his vision for you. Verse 15 says this, for this reason, meaning as a consequence of all that every spiritual blessing stuff that's needed for salvation because we have that in Jesus, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. He names two things here, which is a way of saying because you have this faith in Christ and this love for one another, those are good signs. Those are good signs that you already begin to experience some of those spiritual blessings he's named above. So now that you've got some of that, he says this, look at this, verse 16. I do not cease. I'm continually giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And then he says, here's my prayer for you, verse 17. That the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, meaning this is a thematic hint of what's gonna follow about God who is the God who brought Jesus up from the grave, that kind of God who has all glory and all power, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that he would give you the Holy Spirit to continue to understand those spiritual blessings in the knowledge of him. 
so that you have a, a deeper and a more intimate and personal knowledge of God, having the eyes of your, your hearts enlightened, which is something only God can do. So he says all of this, this is my prayer, that you may know, keep reading three things. Verse 18, what is the hope to which he's called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Now press pause here for a little bit. We're going to spend some time on these three things here. So in this section here, again, Paul is recognizing, based on every spiritual blessing that's been given to believers through Jesus, he's recognizing that these Ephesian Christians, many of whom were, were Gentiles, they, they weren't Jewish before they became believers, he's recognizing, he's reminding them that they have this assurance of the Spirit's presence in them when they didn't have that long history of relationship like the Jews did. So many of them needed this, this ongoing assurance and presence of the spirit in them. And he's saying that they were already demonstrating faith in Christ and love toward one another, but he wants them to know there's so much more of God to know and to see and to experience. There's much more to know about him and his power. And that can be known with a closeness and a, and a depth and an intimacy that will keep them that will keep us faithful and alive to God's spirit for the call to fill his earth with his goodness and glory. Because think about that, that's a, that's a big call. And so he prays that they may know with, with spirit-filled eyes of the heart here. What's the hope to which he's called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us believe. So the first is this. What is the hope to which he has called you? Notice here that this isn't just uh, hope for a sort of far off someday in heaven with God because it feels hopeless now kind of hope. It's not just a far off thing. It's also a here and now kind of thing. It's a hope to which he has called you for carrying out your calling in the here and now. That's the kind of hope that is rooted in knowing that in Christ, you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So that knowledge that that's the case is a foundation for you in the here and now calling you have, this, this foundation for an expanded awareness of what God's doing in the world and through you and through his people. Hope for eternity because of Jesus and what he's achieved for us means an expanded awareness of your life's work. It means for the believer in Jesus that you can parent and work and play and worship with a kind of a, a radical assurance and a total abandon that are the result of not having to worry about how it's all going to turn out or what, what the problem with your sin is because he's got it handled, thank you very much, and it's all going to turn out Okay, so your hope to live out the goodness and glory of God, to take that on as your personal vision and mission for your life rests in the truth that in heaven you have forever relationship with God in Jesus. Which means the struggles and the day-to-day -day and the pressures and the weights and the messes and the lack and, and, the, and, and the resources that you don't know 
are taken care of. Because you have hope for tomorrow, you can have hope to live with abandon today. So you don't have to, you don't have to use this world and manipulate people and abuse it for self as a temporary way to, to make up for those lacks. Because you see the messes, you see the problems, you understand what needs fixed. Hope means, hope means living with the kind of radical abandon that knows that because I'm with God forever in heaven, I can step into the next risky thing that God has so that he can make known his glory instead of me having to manipulate everything around me and everyone around me for mine. That's what hope looks like for the believer who understands what they really have in Jesus. Second says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? There is some debate about uh, whether Paul is speaking here about the saints as the riches of his inheritance, as the ESV has it, or if Paul is speaking about the riches of our inheritance that we have in Christ. I think Paul's not speaking of the inheritance we receive from God at this point. He's already done so in verse 14, but he's speaking of us here as his inheritance that he leaves to the world because of the immediately following context to which Paul's gonna turn here to say that God's people who are his treasured possession, verse 14, they are the inheritance he is leaving to the world to do his work, to fill it with his goodness. Paul's prayer here for them to have the spiritual eyes and knowledge of God that will empower them to do that is so that they can be, verse 23, Christ's body. That his people can be Christ's body working out in the world the expression of God's goodness and glory. So what Paul's saying here is that, that God shares his riches and glory with us, verses three through 14, so that we could share those riches with the world with our neighbors, with those in our family, with people around us who need him. Either way we read this, <laughs> what we do know is that if we have Jesus, we are already God's adopted children who are already rich beyond our wildest imaginations. If you have Jesus, you are rich beyond what you could possibly understand. You are rich in a way this world could never possibly give you. Third, briefly because the next four, verse, uh, four verses expand on this phrase, he wants them to know, he's praying for them to know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now notice that what we're supposed to see and experience here isn't just the immeasurable greatness of his power. What we are supposed to see and experience here, and this is why he's praying for them and for us, is to experience and to see and to have the power of God in us so that we would understand the immeasurable greatness of his power. Look at this. Toward us who believe. The immeasurable greatness of God's power, think about this, is directed toward you. 
Everything you can imagine about who God is and the perfections of his holiness and power and might and glory and goodness, everything you can imagine about him and his perfections, he's taken those resources and he's directed the greatness of that power to you. That's amazing. All of God's resources that were needed to raise Jesus from the dead are the same exact resources used to raise you from the dead. That's why he says this. Keep reading verse 19. This power works, the power of God for us works according to the working, the energying of his great might that he worked in Christ, that he energied in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Later on in Ephesians, that kind of phraseology is gonna talk again about how God is ruling over all that is, all the forces of evil, all the things in this world, all the temptations, all the stuff that's wrong. He is above all rule and authority and power and dominion. He's talking about Jesus here. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. So Paul's pretty much covering everything here and saying that God works through the power of Jesus raised from the dead by which the Holy Spirit made him new and seated him at the right hand and that that power is available for us. Paul saying that it is nothing less than God's immeasurably great power that made Christ's dead body come alive and that placed him at the Father's right hand as the supreme and forever ruler of the universe, that is the power directed toward us who believe in him. And here's the crazy part. It's that same power that God the Father, through the Holy Spirit, wants to use in you to fill the earth with his goodness. Look at verse 22. And he put all things under his feet, meaning God the Father has put all things in subjection to Christ the Son. He put all things under his feet and gave him, gave Jesus, as head of over all things, he gave Jesus to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all so so Christ as the head of the body Jesus is in charge of every church that is actually the church and he's in charge of every person who's a part of his church who isn't a part of a church that's worthy of being called under the headship of Jesus, which is every church. Christ, as head of the body, empowers God's people to do God's work of filling the entire earth with God's goodness because we gain life and power from him. God's people do God's work when it's empowered by him. We do not gain life or power 
from the things we normally think, the things that we measure as the stuff that makes us alive. It's not from food or work or fame or money or sex or intellect. It's not from playing. It's not from the kind of applause from men that we just love. We gain, Jesus people gain, life and power from Jesus. And that's how we fulfill our purpose this side of heaven. Our God-ordained and God-empowered purpose of filling the earth with the goodness of God's glory because of, for, and through Jesus. Now, this is a big vision that God has for his people. And when you, when you read all that and you see what Paul is praying for the Ephesian Christians, <laughs> it may sound like a prayer and a vision uh, that doesn't have the slightest hope of success because it seems to depend on the church. It seems to depend on us. Well, the good news is, is that it doesn't depend on us. We depend on the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. Which is why in Matthew 16, right after Peter the Apostle confessed Jesus as Lord to Jesus, Jesus can say on this rock, meaning on the rock of Peter's confession of faith, on the rock of your confession of me as, as Lord, Jesus says, on that rock I will build my church, and this is what he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God's in charge through his spirit making his people new. People who have a vision for their lives that is submitted to that, that is subjected to him as, as supreme and forever ruler of the entire universe. Only those kinds of people are filled with Jesus in a way that means that they are the church in a way that the gates of hell cannot prevail against, just as they couldn't against Jesus on the cross who was raised from the dead. Believers in Jesus, the gates of hell cannot stop us. All the power of all the demons carrying out all of the plans of the evil one directed against us won't stop us because we have in Jesus everything we could ever need. God's already prevailed to give us immeasurably great power that forms us into this new people called the church who say yes to what he has for us to make his goodness and glory known. Which means knowing that we have spiritual power on our side and that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. That means Jesus' people know they will step into the next risky or difficult or hard thing they have to do that they know is the next right thing that will make God's goodness and glory known. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna cost more than you think. Life this side of heaven in a world that's broken is fraught with circumstances all around us that tempt us to believe there's no hope in going on to the next right good thing that we know that someone needs, that we need. 
But people who have Jesus are triumphant because he's triumphed for us. We march onward in this fight. Regardless of the challenges, despite the sufferings, in the face of real pain. Because we have the hope of God that makes us rich and that is the power of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Friends, if you're here today and you're not sure of your status with God or you're still afraid that that your sin and rebellion against God condemns you before him even today, I want to make you this promise on the authority of his word. If God can resurrect Jesus, he's not gonna have the slightest problem resurrecting you. God wants to direct the immeasurable greatness of his power toward you so that you can know how much he's already done for you in Jesus. What Paul wants for the Ephesians and what I want for this church and and I think what God wants for you is that we would know the power of God that enables us to live from the victory that he's already accomplished on our behalf. We can live today with a kind of confidence and strength and fearless abandon that shares the riches we have in Jesus with a community all around us that desperately needs the help and hope only Jesus gives. We've been called, friends, to march as a church triumph knowing what we have to give away what we've been given. Let's pray, friends. Lord, this is a big vision that feels impossible. But we realize that you are, you're not the God of the possible. You're the God who makes all things new. The God who in Jesus takes on the sin of the world so that we could have forever relationship with you. So we ask, Lord, that we would live in ways that mirror that amazing truth. That live out of a place that recognizes that we have forever resources in Jesus that's empowered by your spirit in us to shape us so that we could do what you've done for us, for others as a means of spreading your goodness and glory to the world, Lord. In the face of temptation and and danger and cancer and frustration and relational conflict and, and work problems and lack of resources and temptations that never stop. Father, Give us your spirit to continue to move through in ways that make your goodness and glory known. In the name of Jesus, we pray.